All right. When it comes to being hospitalized, listeners, are you prepared for when you are not able to make decisions about health care? We have a great voice on air this morning. It's an important question, I think, when it comes to such a sudden event as being put in the hospital, hospitalization. And what a better man to t- speak with than uh, the Diocese of Bismarck's ethicist for health care, Father Robert Shea. He will give us some light. He will give us a good perspective on how to handle these tough situations. Uh, good morning, Father Shea. How was your first day in August? Good morning, Father Kokalter. It's going real well. It's- It's good to have you on air. I appreciate your time. I know you're a very busy man. Thanks for having me. So, uh, as you work in ethics, Father Shea for the Diocese of Bismarck, uh, and and you you hold that title dear to you because it's so important, uh, Bismarck Diocese's ethicist for healthcare. What does that mean? Can you can you give us a little uh, uh, classroom teaching on on what exactly you do and and what's the place of an ethicist in a diocese? Yeah. Essentially, it's um, as the diocesan ethicist for healthcare, it's the bishop's delegate, um, and so representing him in the church in matters of ethics and medicine. So different things, um, um, sitting on ethics boards and uh, hospitals, the Catholic hospitals, but also, and probably most especially, is um, when questions arise um, concerning, you know, medical procedures or medical um, issues, that there are ethical questions within that. Uh, parishioners from different areas of the diocese will contact myself, um, or pastors will contact them on behalf of um, on behalf of them, and to talk about the issue and see what sort of ethical implications might be there. But the whole core of it is, um, you know, as the ethicist, just upholding and defending the dignity of the human person um, in all areas of medicine, and when any questions arise. As you heard, Father Shea, we're coming live from a hospital here in Dickinson, CHI St. Alexis Health, uh, and certainly the, the folks, the, the staff, including John Otterman, who opened our show, the Director of Mission and Administration here uh, for St. Alexis Health. Um, it's difficult when those times come because we don't plan for them, but if we need to, uh, Father Shea, what are, what are some insights you have uh, for families, you know, for, for the faithful in preparing for a situation where hospitalization might occur. Uh, do you have any insights kind of in, in preparation for such a sudden event in one's life? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's not a conversation anyone is sort of eager to have. It's not sort of your breakfast conversation wanting to talk about, you know, end-of-life decisions. But the big principle of um, the life we've been given is a gift. Um, to keep that at the forefront of one's mind, even at the end of life, um, when looking at the different decisions and um, sort of things that will be arising then. And so one of the big things to keep in mind is, you know, when it comes to one's um, care toward the end of one's life, there are times when you won't be able to make those decisions yourself. Um, and you want people who are close to you, people who you trust, and um, who are ones who would look to the Catholic principles of what sort of care should this loved one of mine be receiving sort of in these, um, you know, the last days and weeks of their life. When when it, when it, a person cannot, because of hospitalization, Father Shea cannot make decisions on their own, um, the idea surfaces of a medical power of attorney. Uh, what is that? Uh, I hear that a lot, certainly, in, in, um, in my work, my vocation as a priest. I get those questions. They catch me off guard because it's one of those things 
um, just like the event of being put in a hospital, hospitalization that you're not prepared for. Um, yeah. You know, I, I could speak probably a little bit more smoothly about the mass or about spirituality, but when something so specific uh, and detailed um, as a medical power of attorney arises for, you know, for ethical health care in, in the Catholic Church, what does that mean? Yeah, the medical power of attorney is the person you appoint um, as your essentially your health care agent. And they're the person who makes the health care decisions for you if you're unable to make and communicate your health care decisions yourself. And so a person um, will speak with um, the one they want to appoint with before um, and express their wishes. Um, and one of the uh, valuable things that you know, the North Dakota Catholic Conference provides is a Catholic health care directive um, in which it spells out the different things that one wants to keep in mind um, at the end of life, it ways in which one can continually defend the dignity of the person. And so you meet with the person you would like to have as your health care agent. Um, generally, it's someone within your family, um, someone you, um, you trust to have you know, your Catholic wishes in mind as well. And you'd appoint one, and you also have an alternate um, health care agent that's assigned to someone who, if the initial person isn't able to make those decisions on your behalf, um, they then look to the second alternate there as well. It's essentially the one who speaks for you um, when you can't speak for yourself. Thank you, Father Shane. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Real Presence Live. Uh, Father Craig Hochalter coming to you live from St. Alexis Health, the lobby here, the hospital lobby in Dickinson, North Dakota. We're with Father Robert Shea. He is the diocesan ethicist for health care in the Diocese of Bismarck. He gave us a good working definition of a medical power of attorney, and this is helpful for all of us in preparing uh, for the unfortunate event where we cannot make decisions on our own. Um, and because those decisions are important, Father Shea, it seems like we need to take uh, you know, a step back and prayerfully consider and discern wisely uh, who this person should be. You said usually, but not all the time. It's a it's a family member. Um, what are some considerations you'd offer uh, for our listeners in choosing a medical power of attorney? Yeah, um, I think a couple things are to have someone who's first of all their heart is faithful to Christ in His Church, um, someone who is a real believer and is going to look to, even if they don't know the answer themselves, um, they're going to look to see, well, what guidance um, does the Church, through her years of history and you know, wrestling with these questions, um, say about how a person is to be treated at the end of their life. So someone whose heart is faithful to the Church. Um, also to have, just within that position, someone whose mind is clear, um, whose disposition is calm, as well, because, you know, usually at the end of um, life, there's a lot of emotions and there's a lot of hard um, things that are there for many different families. Um, so to have that, especially because one of the big things in the wisdom of having a healthcare agent, a uh, power of attorney, is you have them making the informed medical decisions on your behalf, of course, you know, with um, informed ones, because the doctors and the nursing staff is you know, keeping you updated as things go. Um, and you're able to make those decisions as the situation unfolds um, because there's no sort of way to predict exactly how things are going to um, go. So to have someone who has a mind that's clear um, and a heart that wants to do what the Church desires um, and a disposition that's calm. And usually it's someone 
you know, within your family, um, either a spouse or a child of yours, but not always. Um, if it's a question of, you know, I don't know if, um, you know, if one of my children, you know, would, would be having those same questions and concerns, especially about faith that I have. Um, and people say, well, who should I ask? Um, I tell them real quickly, ask your parish priest. They have no excuse to say no, <laughs> because your mm-hmm. parish priest will know the basics. Um, and they're your parish priest, and they'll be able to, um, you know, sort of give guidance toward the end, and if not, they'll be able to reach out and to, uh, to find the answers quick. Because um, people, you know, sometimes will get a little bit um, worried, um, but ask your parish priest um, for them to be the power of attorney or for, you know, advice of someone who could as well. Father Shea, I think that's an important point you made, and I'm glad you offered it to our listeners, um, you know, to the faithful Real Presence Live as you're tuning in. Always knowing, and this is something, Father Shea, you probably do the same thing. This is something I I, I consistently offer to young couples, um, or if they're not so young couples, uh, men and women preparing for the sacrament of Christian marriage for matrimony. I always tell them and I, I assure them that I and the church, and especially their local parish, uh, even though I'm not a pastor, but as a priest in a parish or a priest in a school, uh, we are here as a resource, you know, and we're here to support and to guide. Um, and, you know, not always here to tell you what's right or wrong. Uh, we, we certainly have that duty uh, in terms of morality. But I always assure them that, that the parish and the pastor are here to support and, and to give direction when those difficult questions arise. And I think you're, you're, you're not even alluding to that. I think you're saying that explicitly that a good first step in such a sudden event uh, happens and there's a kind of a cloud of emotion is go to your pastor and, and he will give you that second step. If he doesn't know the answers, he will give you at least the second step. We're all trained that way. And, and Father Shea, you're mentioning that. Uh, but can we flip for a second, uh, Father Shea, um, if we're asked to be... Um, you know, if a family member asks one of us for our listeners to be uh, to sit in that office, to sit in the position of a medical power of attorney, what considerations should we make in saying yes or saying no? Yeah, I think the main thing is don't don't allow what you know or don't know about these bioethical um, questions to influence your response right away, um, because to have the desire to know, you know, where to look and to look into them yourself and to have the right person like your parish priest, um, like the um, chaplaincy at the hospital to turn to and to ask those questions. Um, You looking for that is going to be, and knowing where to look is going to be one of the most important things. And so someone asking you, it can be really intimidating. You're like, I don't know anything about, you know, questions of end of life and, you know, when it comes to, you know, do you take off the ventilator or not? Um, no, they're looking to you possibly because they trust that you're a person of faith um, and that you would be able to have their interests in mind um, in light of all of that. And so learning some of the basics um, and knowing who and where to look, um, I think, is a really important thing. And with that, you know, even where to look... Um, I think uh, Mr. Oderman had mentioned that, you know, the ethical and religious directives, um, which come from a deep history of the Church's thought on these questions of ethics and medicine, they kind of go through an almost bullet-point form. They distill down the wisdom of the Church through, especially the last century of 
these questions that usually arise um, in ethics and at end of life. Um, and so to know where to look um, and to be willing to um, seek that out, I think, is one of the most important things. So if someone asks you, don't just say no right away. Um, really take into peripheral consideration. Father Shea, thank you for that. Uh, before we go to break here and before our next segment, uh, what else, what other insights do you want to offer our listeners uh, when it comes to helping family members with this decision and selecting a medical power of attorney and, and you know, if, if you're asked to be a medical power of attorney uh, for a loved one, uh, what counsel do you have you want to leave our listeners with this morning? Yeah, um, the end of life, and especially when it comes to, you know, looking at the questions of, things which can be very scary at their face value. Um, don't allow that fear to dictate the decisions that you're making, um, but to understand the beauty of what a real good death can be. Um, and the way that the, the Church in Christ holds it up is a good death isn't one that's, you know, completely free of any sort of suffering, but it's one that is your family um, and your loved ones are there, um, and you're able to die in a way in which this life that you've received as a gift, um, you're able to have that at the end as well and offer it as a gift too. Um, and this is what the Church offers in their teaching too, um, what a truly good death can be. Thank you, Father Shea. Appreciate uh, your time. Thanks for being with us uh, today on such an important topic on how we can care for ourselves, especially when we cannot make decisions for ourselves and that medical power of attorney is needed. Um, we appreciate your time. And we welcome you back next time, Father Shea. All right, Father, thank you so much.